I'm Carol Garrett with the Garrett Ranch in Barnett, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today... Texas A&M AgriLife held its 50th annual Sheep and Goat Field Day last weekend in San Angelo. We'll have more from the Field Day coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. For ranchers who would like to increase their wintertime forage opportunities, is pasture cropping the answer? I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about an upcoming event where Texas High Plains producers can learn about pasture cropping. Coming up on Texas Ag Today, the deadline for cotton farmers to enroll in the U.S. Climate Smart Cotton Program is September 1st. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more details in my report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas A&M AgriLife celebrated the 50th annual Sheep and Goat Field Day at the Sheep and Goat Research Center in San Angelo over the weekend. The event attracted about 150 people from all over the country. Center Director Reed Redden. We had a great turnout. It was a beautiful morning, a little warm, but kept everything outside during the cool part of the day. We had quite a few presentations from our graduate students doing the research that they're doing. I think the audience really appreciated what they were doing. It was very applicable to the farm and ranching community out here. We wrapped up the morning with some discussions on you know, carbon sequestration, and then we also unveiled our commemorative wool blanket project that we had made to commemorate our 50th anniversary here at the field day and they were selling like hotcakes so i think everybody had a good morning the field day tied into the eighth annual sheep and goat expo in san angelo which included two days of workshops exhibits and live animal demonstrations Benny cox sheep and goat manager of producers livestock which is the largest sheep and goat market in the nation held a mock auction to show producers what type of animals bring both good and bad money in a marketing situation well, we've got a tremendous ethnic demand all over the United States, Texas big time. And of course, we're a totally ethnic driven market. I guess most everybody knows that at Producers Auction Company. And of course, being the largest sheep and goat auction in the nation, we actually see these sheep and goats going in all directions. Today, we had this at this symposium, we had one of the larger buyers in our facility and he sends them all over the United States. He has a set of pens actually up in Pennsylvania. He, every week he sends loads up there. So that's part of the reason why the market has stayed so good because we've 
got those individuals that buy at our facility and send them all over the U.S. They've developed those channels and have made this market what it is. Without them, it wouldn't work. That buyer Cox was talking about was James Jones of James Jones Livestock. He buys thousands of sheep and goats here in Texas every week and ships them all over the country. He says the market changes every week based on the demands of the ethnic market. Yes, sir. Every week the orders change. Some weeks they want them a little heavier. Some weeks they want them a little lighter. Quality-wise, that's normally pretty consistent. They always want them pretty, pretty good condition, but orders change every, every day, every, every second of the day. And if we didn't have that ethnic demand, we wouldn't have a market for Texas sheep and goats. Uh, it's all the demand. I mean, everything goes to some sort of ethnicity, you know, whether it becomes African, Hispanic, Muslim, Arabic. Everything we sell, very few goes to American customers. That's James Jones of James Jones Livestock, one of the largest sheep and goat buyers in Texas. Pasture cropping may be a way to help ranchers who need to increase their winter forage. James Hunt tells us there's an upcoming event where producers can learn more about the pasture cropping practice. For those who raise cattle in the Texas High Plains, a big challenge they face is that our native grasses are dormant during the winter. With that issue in mind, Randall County Extension Agent J.D. Ragland says local research is being conducted on a relatively new concept called pasture cropping. What that actually is is just what it says. It is planting a crop within a native pasture setting. And in this case, we're going to focus on planting wheat within some native grass. And so the idea there is to have another readily available crop for cattle to graze that they hopefully will be able to capture more daily gain on a more vibrant crop that has more protein in it, particularly during the winter growing months. Want to learn more about pasture cropping? Raglan says during the upcoming Randall County Ag Day and Crops Tour, participants can get a first-hand look at what's going on in the research being conducted jointly by Texas A&M AgriLife and West Texas A&M. They have got two or three years worth of data on their pasture cropping system, and we're going to visit those sites out at the Nance Ranch, West Texas A&M Nance Ranch. We're going to be able to take a look at these settings and have information shared about that particular method of crop pasture systems. The Randall County Ag Day and Crops Tour is August 29th in Canyon. For more information about the full agenda and to get signed up for the free event, contact the Randall County Extension Office. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cotton farmers are encouraged to practice climate smart management as part of the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol. Tom Nicoletti has the story. The deadline for growers to apply for the U.S. Climate Smart Cotton Program and enroll in the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol is September 1st. To talk more about this deadline and the program itself, we go to Chad Brewer in Cordova, Tennessee. He is the Assistant Director of the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol. And what can uh, farmers across Texas and the nation do to uh, enroll in this pilot brand new program? This opportunity is part of the U.S. Climate Smart Commodities Funding Opportunity provided by the USDA. U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol and our partners submitted a proposal to the USDA, which received some 
funding, which will provide financial and technical assistance to U.S. cotton farmers for the adoption of some of these Climate Smart Ag practices. The Climate Smart Cotton Program will provide technical and financial assistance to 1,650 U.S. cotton farmers, and our goal is to advance Climate Smart Ag practice adoption on about 1.2 million U.S. cotton acres, and those enrollments will be filled on a first-come, first-served basis. If farmers are interested in applying for the, the uh, Climate Smart Cotton Program, there's two ways to reach out to it. They can go to trustuscotton.org or send an email to info at trustuscotton.org. And also to be eligible, the growers must uh, first complete the enrollment in the trust protocol by September 1st and upload their 2023 bales by March 1st, 2024. That would qualify them for the first level of enrollment in the Climate Smart Cotton Program. There are three practice changes that we're offering three years of technical and financial assistance for. The first is cover crops. So if they are interested in utilizing cover crops on their farm, we'll offer some financial assistance of $25 an acre for that for a maximum of 706 acres. The second college smart ag practice is going to a no-till production system. We'll offer a financial assistance at $5 an acre for that, creating a nutrient management plan as the third college smart ag practice that we're able to offer financial and technical assistance. And the financial assistance for that practice is $5 an acre. So it's important for growers to know that we were able to offer three years of financial and technical assistance. If they are making those changes on new acres that haven't had those practices before, then what they'll be doing is sequestering new carbon into the soil. And that actually gives them the opportunity to enroll at our level three, which is involvement in a uh, carbon inset market. So really, uh, this pilot program is great for farmers that are interested and to exploring the uh, sustainability market, looking at sequestering carbon and potentially have questions about this carbon market. So it's a way for them to de-risk their entry into the new and emerging market. That is Chad Brewer with the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A record number of people recently attended the statewide quail symposium in Abilene. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And some racehorses do not handle the stress of training well. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Some racehorses do not handle the stress of training well. Dr. Bob Judd says some genes have been found to identify these horses. Researchers have found some genes that may be responsible for how horses accept training. Dr. Amy Holby from Ireland 
indicates in the horse publication that we can ask human athletes how their training regimen is going, but we cannot ask the horses. Horses have individual personalities, even within the same breed and bloodlines, that could influence their response to training. And some of these differences can be found in their DNA. Young thoroughbreds are exposed to potential stressors when entering race training, including a change in their environment, such as their diet, and housing, which could affect their health, welfare, and performance. Some horses handle these stressors well, and some do not, and it is possible we could discover clues in their DNA to determine how to better train each individual horse. Dr. Holby performed a study that looked at 96 young thoroughbreds in Ireland, and the group consisted of one-half colts and one-half fillies. The group then tested levels of the stress hormone cortisol in the saliva of 34 horses and then ran genomic analysis of all 96 horses. Surprisingly, some horses with clinical high stress levels had lower cortisol levels, and those with low stress levels clinically had high cortisol. So the question is which level is correct, the level of stress you perceive in the horse or the level of stress you can measure, and that is debatable. However, the researchers did find there are DNA regions that align with behavioral signs of stress or measured stress, and racehorses could be bred and managed to take advantage of these differences and help them to cope better with racehorse training. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A record number of people attended the recent statewide quail symposium in Abilene. Jessica Domo was there. More than 200 people traveled to Abilene last week to learn more about quail, quail habitat, and the latest in quail research. Dr. Dale Rollins, director of outreach for the Rolling Plains Quail Research Foundation, says 175 people traveled to Roby last Wednesday for a tour of the Rolling Plains Quail Research Foundation's ranch. We've been shocked at how many people have pre-registered. We're looking at 275 people pre-registered, which will be the biggest one we've had. We had the tour yesterday in 100-degree heat. We had 170 people show up for that, so we were floored by that. The tour covered the history of the Research Foundation and Ranch. It allowed participants to see firsthand how different practices may be implemented to attract and benefit quail. The following day, there were even more participants as the Quail Symposium continued in the Abilene Convention Center. They heard from the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department on the state of quail and from researchers from the Caesar Clayburg Wildlife Institute, the East Foundation, Sol Ross State University, the Tall Timbers Research Station, the Rolling Plains Quail Research Foundation, Texas Tech University, and Texas A&M University. The speakers discussed engaging the quail hunting community, the East Foundation Sustainable Bob White Harvest Project, the science of quail management, habitat loss and fragmentation, Montezuma quail populations, and more. Dr. Rollins said people came from across Texas and even from out of state for the symposium. We've got a good distribution across state Texas, decent number from Oklahoma, one from Virginia, one from New York, one from North Carolina. So a spattering of people, they all recognize that Texas is the last mecca for wild quail hunting. And so a lot of them own property out here. We'll have more from the symposium in future episodes. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. It's time to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau health plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.COM. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex traded lower on Tuesday as traders await cash cattle trade. August live cattle down a dollar and two cents to 177.95. October live cattle down a dollar and 25 cents to 178.62. December live cattle down a dollar 15 to 183.15. August feeder cattle down a dollar twenty-seven to two forty-five fifty. September feeder cattle down a dollar thirty-two to two forty-nine even. October feeder cattle down a dollar forty-two to two fifty-one twenty-two. Box beef was higher. Choice up a dollar sixty-four to three hundred and seventeen dollars and twenty cents. Select up two dollars and thirty-five cents to two eighty-nine sixty-eight. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Rodney Butler, Beeville Livestock, part of the Butler cattle family. They own Beeville and Nixon. Rodney, how was your Friday sale in Beeville? Oh, it was good. We had some good cattle, a lot of big cattle, a lot of yearlings this week, and I thought they sold good for what the, for what the condition they were in, but they were carrying a good condition, so I thought we got along real well Friday, sir. Walk the pins with us. All right, we had 412 head of cattle, three horses, and 10 goats. That old market was steady to strong. Your 200 300 pound steers were 239 to 275, heifers 232 to 255. 300 400 pound steers were 228 to 270, heifers 202 to 245. 500 pound steers 210 to 247 heifers 177 to 255 your 500 600 pound steers $1.98 to 236 heifers $1.83 to 220 your 600 700 pound steers were 202 to 220 heifers $1.85 to 212 700 800 pound steers $1.87 to 205 and heifers were 165 to 180 packer cows are really strong they brought anywhere from 34 to $1.19 packer bulls brought from $1 to $1.20 stalker cows were 60 to $1.51. No bred cows and our pairs were 1000 to 1160 sir. Good. What do you know of for this week? Uh, this week, I don't know. I know of one set of calves coming this week, but that's all I know of. It's probably 30 or 40 of them. They'll be probably black and charlet. But other than that, I don't know of any cattle coming in right offhand. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Call me here at Selborne at 361-358-1727. Or you can reach me on my mobile, 645-5002. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, and take care. Bye-bye. And, neighbor, thank you, too, for listening to Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I put it together for them every Monday through Friday. You're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Lean hogs traded lower on Tuesday. October lean hogs down a dollar and five cents to 79.57. December lean hogs down a dollar 37 to 72.35. Block cheese fell six cents Tuesday to a dollar 94. Barrel cheese was up 0.75 cents to a dollar 81. August class three milk fell a nickel to 1723 a hundred weight. September class three milk fell 40 cents to 1848 a hundredweight. 
The cotton market traded higher on Tuesday as traders monitored the Chinese economy. The Chinese central bank earlier this week reportedly lowered short-term interest rates. Analysts say worsening crop conditions also lent support to cotton trading higher. October cotton up 53 points to 84.99. December cotton up 65 points to 84.36. March 2024 cotton up 63 points to 84.29. According to USDA, 33% of the U.S. cotton crop is now rated good to excellent. 46% is rated very poor to poor. 10% of the Texas crop is rated good to excellent, while 71% of the Texas crop is rated very poor to poor. USDA reports that as of August 20th, 74% of the Texas cotton crop has already set bowls. That is six percentage points behind the five-year average. Despite the hot and dry weather across much of the Corn Belt, corn traded lower on Tuesday. September corn down two and three quarters to 466 and a half. December corn down three to 479 and a half. March 2024 corn down three and a quarter to 493 and a half. The U.S. Department of Agriculture reports that 58% of the U.S. corn crop is now rated good to excellent. 15% is rated very poor to poor. September hard red wheat down one to 740. December hard red wheat down a half to 747 and three quarters. September soybeans were down 18 and a half Tuesday to 1351 and a half. November soybeans down 15 and three quarters to 1346 even. USDA says that 59% of the U.S. soy crop is rated good to excellent. September natural gas fell seven cents Tuesday to 256. October natural gas down 9 cents to 2.65. September crude oil fell 0.47 cents Tuesday to $80.25 a barrel. October crude oil down 51 cents to 79.61. According to Reuters, the decline is due to investors remaining focused on China's economy and how that may impact demand in the future. The Dow fell 168 points Tuesday to 34,295. The S&P 500 fell 12 points to 4,387, and the NASDAQ was up 11 points to 13,508. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.